exciting. Welcome back to Once Upon a Stream. I'm your your host, Maddie Shook, along with my co-host, Megan Mann. That's me. And guess what? We have not one, but two special guests today <laughs> because we are talking about Frozen and Frozen 2. And so that we needed all hands on deck for that because really it, it's a big discussion. And so first off, we have a returning guest. So Jen is back. Hello. And so Jen was previously with us for the Mandalorian episode. Yes. And so happy to have you back. Thank you. But new special guest Lizzie is with us today. Hello. That so happy to have you here that our first international guest. So <laughs> that spicing it up. That we we have range. There we go. And it also helps because Frozen took over literally the entire world. So exactly. it, it only makes sense. Mm. And so um, we kind of talked when Jen first came on um, as far as like relationship with Disney and like grew up with it and how much you're like a fan of stuff. So Lizzie, what's kind of your journey overall with Disney? I mean, I feel like everyone's journey with Disney starts in your childhood. Like, I don't know many people who don't have a relationship with Disney. Um, Now Disney is everything, so the relationship is bigger. Um, But I grew up with the Disney animated movies like everyone. I must have watched... um, I I have nightmares of watching The Little Mermaid like 57 million times because I had a cousin (laughs) who absolutely loved it. And you know the kind where you're like, you go visit and they would be playing the same movie every time. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's like, okay, I like it, but yeah, can we stop? Like, and then, um, so I have this relationship that with this, I love Beauty and the Beast. Like, I I remember what that cousin did with The Little Mermaid. I was probably with Beauty and the Beast uh, when I was little. And then I fell in love with Aladdin at, at a point where I had like the soundtracks and whatever um, I don't know if I bothered my parents about it like I, I don't have like even an idea of how I got to where I was other than I was singing all day um, <laughs> and I'm not good at singing but I was still singing all day <laughs> so yeah we looked out uh, as far as our age range that we got like the Disney renaissance as our childhood movies and that's really hard to beat. It really is. It really, really, really mm-hmm. is. Because, like, yeah. when you're talking about it, I'm sure, Jen, you had similar... I mean, it was a while ago, so I don't really remember exactly what you said. <laughs> but, um, I feel like everyone would like, The Little Mermaid and The oh, Lion King and yeah. Aladdin. And oh, my gosh. Those were the Did ones I... that everyone, like, first fell in love with. I'm trying to remember if I told you this story while I was on the last one, but I lived in Pennsylvania growing up. And so one year for Halloween, I really wanted to be Jasmine. And I got very upset that my mom made me wear a coat over my Jasmine costume because I was like, this ruins it. It ruins the authenticity. I did not say authenticity, but I was just so bummed because I was like, Jasmine wouldn't be wearing a coat over this. And my mom's like, either you're going to wear a coat or you're not going out as Jasmine. I was like, fine so but yeah no I mean I loved like a cast member caring about character integrity look I it was either that 
or wearing like a I think my, the other deal was like you, either you can wear a coat or you can wear like a, tur- a long sleeve turtleneck under it because you know it was Jasmine's like blue outfit so I was like which one will look better and make me still because I was like so afraid people wouldn't know that I was Jasmine because I had a coat on and that was very important to me but I mean I loved Aladdin I loved I remember having all the VHSs in my house growing oh, up yeah. while, while we do a while we're already starting rabbit trails four minutes in that's impressive for us but um speaking of disney halloween stories um i believe it was second grade i dressed up as Belle, and i didn't want to do the red dress because i before this was the term i thought it was just a little basic and so i wanted to do blue dress Belle. and so my grandma made me the costume and everything and so like the blue dress with the white apron and then to really just bring it home I carried a basket with me with a book and a French baguette (laughs) and literally every single person I interacted with at school that day thought I was Alice from Alice in Wonderland and I just I remember at one point I think it was like recess or something like literally screaming I'm not Alice I'm Belle (laughs) 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 because I just lost it because I'm like I have the bread I have the book what more can I do I'm my hair is brown it's in the ponytail like Ugh, oh, I, I tried. I was anything other than Minnie Mouse when I was little. You guys have such fun stories. I was Dorothy Gale from Wizard of Oz for like three years. <laughs> but awesome. I do understand, Jen, your struggle because mm-hmm. um, I live in the Midwest and I've lived here my whole life. And um, snow and rain on Halloween is like yeah. standard. No, yeah, so it's awful. I've had many a costume ruined by a costume. I know. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> it really hurts. Tragic. <laughs> it hurts. But linking it back as far as, so we had that, like, that fantastic age of the Disney Renaissance in the Disney Princess movie, and that Frozen is really what kind of fully brought things back. So we had our precursors that are definitely still super important. So we already talked about Princess and the Frog and Tangled, I'm sure we'll discuss at some point, but that they still hadn't hit to the same level of like the cultural zeitgeist that say like the Lion King did and all of that and so Frozen really was this huge thing but what I find just so interesting about it is that Frozen was a sleeper hit because Disney wasn't very sure about whether it was going to be a big deal so they didn't know how to market it because they didn't want to they still were afraid of leaning into this is like a Disney princess movie and so I remember the first trailers were just like they made no uh, sense they weren't even like showed any of the movie it was just a clip of like Olaf Olaf and Sven fighting over the carrot nose basically and I was like well this looks moronic but um we'll kind of get into each oh, my mom is calling me and I'm going to decline but uh, anywho that what was interesting so I was living in Southern California at the time and that they have like so World of Color is this big like nighttime show that they have at California Adventure and they had a winter version for the holidays and that was actually really the first time that they showed like footage from the let it go scene and so they showed basically let it go displayed on like the water effects and everything and that's the first time that I heard that song that it had been in no press releases or like show clips or anything like that and so I heard that song about three weeks before the movie came out and I was like oh 
so this is what the movie is. It's Sadina Menzel belting out with like cool ice castle vis- visuals, count me in. And so like I had to literally drag my sister to come with me and she had some friends from college. So like three dudes studying engineering. So I, I dragged them as well. So I, I dragged it like forced a bunch of very nerdy dudes to go see Frozen with me and but I was like this is going to be amazing and it was but that's kind of my experience of just that we really didn't know what it was going to be about until really that like getting to hear let it go of just seeing it and that's it was just a word of mouthing that echoed it from there so I'll open it up to y'all as far as did you kind of have like similar journey did y'all see it in the theater what was that experience like oh my god I had no idea what this was about at all like I would see the trailers before me because I'm a big going to the movie theater person I like it and I saw the trailers and I was like this is about nothing this movie's about nothing because I don't know what this trailer's trying to sell me because it's selling me absolutely nothing and so then um it was after um no I still hadn't grad it was in my last year of college because this was 2013 right right yeah 2013 yeah sure what you said so um I was still in my last year of college and my friend was home and he's like hey why don't we go see like this movie and I was like whatever sure so we went and saw it and it was like two weeks after it had come out and there was 10 of us in the theater in this big giant theater because it was a Disney release so of course they put it in the biggest theater no one's there and then when she's singing let it go and she lets her cape go we were both like oh no 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 where'd the cape go no 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 where'd it go and then when she magicked her dress we like freaked out and we're like this is what this movie is about this this transformation (laughs) dress this transformation with the dress makes this whole movie worth it. I love all of it. I love everything. We both went out and bought the soundtrack the next day. Like, it was perfect. And then I took care of a little girl at home all day, and uh, we watched it every day. Three times a day. Obviously. I word to this movie. Because <laughs> little girls. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's because um, she wanted to watch it, yeah. Yeah, 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 obviously, did, sure. you, you, you didn't want to. No, 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 of course not, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, so, I'm gonna go now so you don't keep repeating that lie. Um, <laughs> I did not watch it. I did not watch it in the theater. Um, I remember hearing that it was about sisters and sort of not believing it. It's like, yeah, but this is Disney. It's probably about the prince and she just has a sister. So that's different, but not that different. Um, so I rented it um, as soon as it came out with my sister, who's not like a Disney. Like she's a Disney in the sense of let's go to Disney and do the rides, mm-hmm. but not as much as a Disney princess type of girl. And I was like, we're going to watch this. And she's like, Ugh. But like only <laughs> if you buy me like snacks. It's like fine. And snacks we sat down. Person, right. 
Uh, so we sat down to watch it together, and when um, when they were singing, "Do you want to build a snowman?" We looked at each other, and we were like, "Okay, this might just be our favorite Disney movie." It been like, <laughs> it was like fifteen twenty minutes in, and we were like, "Okay, this is the best Disney movie we've ever watched." And I remember at the end, like when they're they're fighting, and like Anna sort of sacrifices herself for Elsa. We like, I looked at her. And she never cries. You know those people who are like annoying because there's mm. no way to make them cry in a movie, and you're like, I hate you. And then I she's hate my sister crying. too. Because I cry at everything. Me too. But it's my she was sister. She never cries. This. She was crying at this, and we were both crying, and I felt like, yes, <laughs> we made it. <laughs> um, as we were stating before we started recording, I do not remember when I saw this movie. Jenna remembers uh, nothing. I remember nothing. Clearly, it was a very uh, made an impression on me. Um, mm. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I probably went to go. Actually, no, I definitely do remember going to see it in the theater. I think I might have seen it before, and then I do remember taking my sister to see it because, for some reason, the line um, Olaf's line, "I don't have a skull or bones," made me laugh out loud. Yeah. So we are back. We had brief technical difficulties because in this time of quarantine, literally the entire world is on the internet all at the same time. It's true. <laughs> so that happens. Speaking of quarantine, you since y'all mentioned, do you want to build a snowman? And also linking to first time in forever. Now we realize that Princess Anna is the social distancing queen. She really that is. She has mastered <laughs> quarantine because she was... Like, both Anna and Elsa were quarantined for basically their entire childhood and early adult lives. Yeah. So, there we go. If if any of y'all listeners have kids, then you can just say, Anna and Elsa were in quarantine. And, and so, they managed to come out on the right side okay. of it. And they did okay. <laughs> Only mild psychological <laughs> trauma that they take two movies overcoming. Nah. But... Nah. <laughs> It's fine. But you don't have to talk about that part. So there we go. A kingdom of isolation, and it looks like we're all the queen. Yeah. But anywho, so that's how kind of everyone got, like, first into Frozen. And so going back to what Lizzie said, I think really the big thing that does set Frozen apart is the sister dynamic that that was huge for like a true quote-unquote Disney princess movie even though it's technically not considered Disney princess canon because it's its own separate brand but that's that's another point which is I mean interesting though because there are considered Disney princesses Mm -hmm. so it's weird it's like because they're basically they're so successful into itself that their stuff is just merchandised separately but um basically the sister dynamic of really not have like Anna still gets a romantic love interest but it's just kind of a bonus you get a bonus Jonathan Groff basically but it is literally a bonus you get a Jonathan Groff and you get a Jonathan Groff. I mean I want one can I we do. all get one he's adorable he's but he and Michelle he gets to have him as it, a best friend we well, all it's should it's the best of both worlds that you get Jonathan Groff but as a straight like tall man yeah so. <laughs> but but Anna gets that as payback for she also gets hands so she needs to get something yeah. like in return. We did you <sighs> dirty so <laughs> we feel bad because it's not even like 
it's not in the sense of prison a princess story in the typical sense that it's like Anna doesn't want just romantic love like her whole thing is that she wants to have that relationship with her sister Hans mm-hmm. is just a means of getting out of the castle like getting out and seeing the world or whatever mm-hmm. but her whole mission is to find that bond again that she had with her sister when she was young yeah in the like really it's just getting that like love and validation that basically being kind of sequestered away from everyone just kind of left this like gaping void especially after her parents died and so like she's like that's kind of what she's searching for and so the main heart of it is really just kind of healing that sister relationship and that she finally figures out once Elsa's powers are revealed of like oh so that's why like you were gone and like avoided me so long now that we know this we could be close again and it's just like problem solved even though there's a lot of other things that needed to be worked through and that's why one of the things you know everyone obsesses about like let it go and we'll get to that and all everything but I think the biggest like underrated um song in all of Frozen is the reprise of For the First Time in Forever because mm-hmm. it's just like both characters are just laying their hearts on the line and that they want both of them would like so desperately yearn to be close again but like Elsa's going through it and just can't see how that's possible and just wants to keep her safe but like Anna's saying care. we could do wants, this together mm-hmm. she just wants to be close to her again and that it's just like the layering of the vocals that like really correlates with the emotional intensity of it until like it just builds to that climax and it's so brilliantly done and we'll kind of talk about this a lot between both movies the Lopez's are just brilliant they're they're so great but yeah really is that that sister dynamic is just so special it is it is because it's like other than, you know, Lilo and Stitch, and then you have, you know, Cinderella has stepsisters, sure, and uh, Merida has her three little brothers, but her three little brothers are sort of their own entity, and they don't really need Merida sometimes, most of the time. This is the first time where it's like, oh my god, one of the princesses, you know, whatever, has a sibling, and it's a sibling story more than it is anything else. And so... It's that whole, a prince isn't coming to save the day. He's not the one who's going to fix the problems. It's that sister bond is what's going to um, fix the problem. Because their problem is their sister bond. The problem and the resolution are the same thing. Does that make sense? Yes, it it does. does. Okay. I was like, I made sense, right? The solution is the problem. (laughs) The problem and the solution are the same thing. If you, the problem is their relationship and the solution is their relationship. Right. Got it. You understood. And the the men don't save them. Megan having like a bulletin board with a ton of frozen (laughs) pictures and yarn everywhere (laughs) trying to explain it. I am always that Charlie Day picture. Of the conspiracy theory of him with the red yarn. That is always me. There's never a time where that's not me. Trust me. But you know what I mean? Like, it's that's what it is. Their, yeah. their bond is 
what's eventually going to save them because without her hurting Anna, she doesn't think beyond her own pain and how it affects everyone else. And she's like, well, I'm just going to isolate myself because that'll be how it saves everyone. But then she's like, no, I'm the only person who can save. It's the same thing that everyone does in every superhero movie where it's like, no, I can't be close to you because you'll be in danger from me. Um, and then they come to the realization of like, yeah, well, it's like, it's, it's a very common story beat in yeah. all of those stories of like, I can't be close to anyone because they'll be in danger. And the same thing with Elsa, except in this, I mean, in this instance, like Elsa believes that she is the problem and she's mm-hmm. the monster and she's going to hurt people. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, the biggest that. thing, like apart from the sister dynamic as well, what really does elevate that is that it like Frozen does have two protagonists that as far as pretty much every other Disney movie that you name that as far as like there's really one lead to it but this there are very much two lead characters that are fully fleshed out and have their own motivations and wants and desires and personalities yeah everything and so I think that endear people that it was just it was fresh it was new and like the other thing as far as thematically of something that they hadn't really touched on before in a Disney like like animated feature is even though it was just really subtext is kind of representing mental health struggles and that Elsa's dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression and all that because she feels like it's the conceal don't feel thing of that she's been taught that she has to just repress all of her emotions and And hide who she really is that's not healthy and so Hmm. it's kind of learning to overcome that and like be upfront with who you are and how you're feeling and just Uh addressing that head on Uh and so that's a huge thematic element I think it it feels like the Disney movie for the time it was made like they were really trying to keep it like Anna and Elsa just feel like more modern characters than the princesses we grew up with Um, it's also about sisterhood the women save themselves but it also even though it's not obvious the fact that they're dealing with mental health issues just feels like I think maybe when you're young and you're watching Frozen the first one you don't get it but they, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a nod to even in Frozen 2, there'll be a little bit of a nod to the time that has passed and how everyone's grown up and the messages are different because we've grown up. But even us who were not as we were not kids when we watched the first one, they, there's a lot of growth um, to be had from the first one and then on to the second one. Right. And I think that's like Maddie and I have talked about this before on here where we see in recent times where there is that shift in and I think it also has to do a lot with um I'm I don't know how often you guys watch the Disney Channel um but as a stay-at-home you know child care person I watch it a lot and I watch it a lot with my nephew and in 2015 which was two years after Frozen 
Disney announced this whole initiative called the Dream Big Princess Campaign, and they're trying to mm. shift the narrative of what it means to be a Disney princess. So instead of it being like, oh, you know, Snow White said someday my prince will come and, you know, all of this stuff, it's no, now girls are out there and you need to be the savior of your own self and you need to be, you know, the person who makes things happen for yourself. You can't wait for somebody else to do it. And so I think that Frozen... Even with, like, in 2008 with, um, or 2009 with Tiana, she didn't care about love. She cared about owning her own restaurant. And, like, then you see with Anna and Elsa. And since Anna and Elsa, it's been that shift to go from, you know, princes and all that kind of stuff to be more strong female characters that are the driving force of these movies like with brave and with uh moana and with tangled even tangled like yes she ends like of course she ends up with flynn rider at the end but what does she do she has a frying pan the whole time she's like and when she goes they go to the ugly duckling who changes the whole scene well rapunzel changes the whole scene and like it's i think that's something that's so important like with the tide is sort of turning where it's like no you don't have to have a man to come and fix things for you you could be a girl and you could still be a princess but you can save the day yourself well and that the idea that love is bigger than just romantic love I think is super duper important I mean I mean I just watched I just watched Onward and like oh god huge (laughs) I know but like but that's actually your saying next with like episode. that is our Lilo. next episode is onward <laughs> with like Lilo and Stitch and with Brave and with um, Moana and with things like that where you start to see oh hey love is between family and there's platonic love like we were talking about even like Wreck It Ralph as like friendship and the idea that putting that message out there to kids too of like family love is important and like love comes in all different forms and it's not just about again ending up at the end of the day with a prince or whatever it's about learning something and growing and seeing people differently I think that's the whole point of brave is like she sees her mom completely differently because of this journey and it is about Merida being like fearless girl who don't need no man um but like that's also not really the whole point the point is still love and like she learns how much to love and understand her mom and and so that's really the takeaway for kids is like oh look like understand you know your parents and sometimes you guys don't agree and don't do things right and everyone makes mistakes even adults um but yeah I think that that's important and and that was what was exciting to me about Frozen was like oh it's about sisterhood and that love is just as important as any kind of other, you know, love that's mm-hmm. portrayed. Right. And I think we all have sisters what? too. So I think it like mm-hmm. that thing yeah. struck yeah. each of us. Each of us. Yeah. Right. For sure. Oh, yeah. And um, I think what's really fascinating if you kind of look into the history of like how Frozen came to be and everything, um, what actually prompted that shift is um, because the original was very traditional to like the Snow Queen fairy tale and like it was going to be on his wedding day and then the vengeful Snow Queen sister comes in to ruin everything and cast an eternal winter and they have to defeat her and yada yada. And that was the original vision that they had for this movie that sounds like a really bad episode of once upon a time so no right it actually kind of sounds like an episode of once upon a time not just like an actual episode literally i was trying to be nice but you didn't have you said it i didn't say it you did Mm, i have thoughts but 
then they had the um, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Bobby Lopez working on the music, and they just wrote Let It Go, and it was so good that they're like, wait, the Snow Queen, because um, we try to use family-friendly language on this podcast, but the, basically the actual term that they used was, because um, when they wanted like workshopping let it go the only thing they were prompted from disney is they wanted elsa's badass song was what it was supposed to be called (laughs) and as far as that's just their prompt of like how to write this first and probably one of the few times i'll ever curse on the podcast but (laughs) trying to keep it disney friendly but that's the history of it anywho so they wrote let it go and they're like oh wait this completely changes who this character is and so we also need to completely change the story and let's make it about the sisters and that's kind of what shifted everything is just once they had that song they're like oh this is what the what kind of movie we're making and so they literally scrapped everything and started fresh as far as completely new storyboards all of that which is really impressive in terms of how much work goes into animated features to like it takes like six years yeah so that's but they made the right call obviously and so leaning into because they knew right from the bat like this is the song and this so we need to center the movie basically around this song and And if they hadn't it would have been a totally different thing because what does everyone know every little kid screams let it go let it go and it's just that song just is a part of the cultural consciousness now everyone knows oh it is everyone's Mm -hmm. had it stuck in their heads at some point yeah and every parent hated disney (laughs) for that song because then it was all the kids wanted to listen to and to be fair it was just i don't know how many people this Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know the venn diagram of this but last week on rupaul's drag race the lip sync at the end was let it go Yes, they did the Broadway version of They Let did it the Broadway go, version of Let It Go. People tweeted like RIP Casey Levi- Levi's mentions. But that it just it it took over, it was a phenomenon. I think the craziest thing is just the proportion of how catchy that song is, but also how hard to sing it is. It's so hard. So I then, get so far and then my voice just like Cuts yeah. out. Here, like little I mean, kids going but to be for it and... to be fair, I mean, get, uh, to be fair to Idina Menzel, that was a that's a hard song to it's do live. Like that studio, like they. I think that afterwards they kind of regretted the it. Frozen two songs. Yeah, they're like Idina was like, "You're not doing that to me yeah. again." She's like, "I'm not singing this live ever again." <laughs> well, like because she did it on she did it on um, that, that special that nine mm. that Mickey's ninetieth birthday special. Yes. And then she did it on the Oscars. Like the Oscars and then it was New Year's Eve was the one where she like kind of bombed it, but New Year's Eve is infamously like terrible to sing in because it's terrible and it's cold. Mm. And yeah. It's you can't hear yourself and all of that. And so that's where as far as I think let it go they're like we want things catchy, but we do want things easier to sing. And so that's where like the Moana songs are easier to sing. Okay, two no. songs are easier to sing. There are like two songs How from Moana that I sing, and I'm like, my voice is done because I'm like, I can't go that high. Who authorized like... this? 
So it's, it's not your welcome, isn't it? It's it, your welcome is the one that's too high for you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. It's we're the only for. song that I'm like on par with. No, it was uh, it's that it's one. How it's far? The end, it's the end note of how far I'll go. Oh like, yeah. Okay, come on. I can't do this. I did it at Disney on Ice, though. Don't care about who's around me there. No, I don't. There, there's no judgment at Disney on Ice. Everyone's singing poorly together. It's fine. Let's be real. You're at Disney on Ice. But <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So that's a huge song. And, like, Let It Go is the ginormous mega hit. And But the other songs are really catchy of, like, Love is an Open Door. You have all, like, the lip sync videos that happen because of that. And oh my god, I forgot you know, about that. It has the distinct and Disney Princess canon of it's the only time a Disney princess sings a song with the villain. And so yes. it's it's the cheery, happy Disney villain song. So Which never has ever happened again. Because you didn't know he was the villain then. Exactly. But you right. have to switch. But what's funny, you go back and then there's like the little Easter eggs of foreshadowing in the lyrics when he's like I've been searching for my own place. And then he like hand gestures toward the castle because it's like, I, I want the castle. Yeah. And so like lyrics are just great and phenomenal. And we already talked about like first time in forever. And so the soundtrack took over. It was super catchy. All of that. It's still and in my car. So as we just addressed, so that Hans plot twist, who called it? I did not. I did not call that thing no one. at all. That I, I'm still like I didn't call it, but like I said, I saw it with a bunch of college age engineers, and so one of my sister's friends who, um, like, he was like, he, as soon as like they walked into the room, when she's like, "You need a kiss to like save me," as soon as he shut the door. Like, he blurred, oh, wait, he's e- going to be evil, isn't he? And I, I just turned and looked, and I was like, did you just? <laughs> <laughs> but can we just appreciate the fact that, like, even Santino Fontana's, like, voice changes when he gets all villainy? Like, he, yeah, he kind of, like, dark edge. Yeah, like, he's it. got, like, a dark edge to him after that. So, I don't know. I and I highly recommend... Um, on YouTube, you can look up his audition for Hans. He sang, uh, like, flip the lyrics to make it male version of I Feel Pretty, and it's spectacular. I also just highly recommend you watch Santino Fontana videos of him singing anything. Anything. <laughs> just putting that out there. Maddie that, and I saw too. him in a play, and it was magnificent. Uh, everyone should watch him in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, too, at least the first couple seasons, because he's... Fabulous. Spectacular. We love. We stand. But yeah, the, that was kind of the first time that they did kind of the bait and switch. And so they kind of have done it. And um, they kind of did it in Zootopia as well. But like, oh, I can't talk about the oh, movie. I love Zootopia. that movie too much. I love Zootopia way too much. I do but too. But trying to keep on track that. So there were a lot of firsts and like, it was really. It had the meta commentary of ad- addressing the legacy of like the Disney princess movies and the overall Disney brand, and you, so you have like those little jokes of like who married a man she she just met and that kind of stuff. But like, oh, I kind of love an, that they're doing that now. Yeah, like in that, Moana when he's like, "You have a talking, like, you, you have a talking, you're a princess." Yeah, you have a talking uh, 
com- animal, you have an animal companion. Or you an animal sidekick. Yeah, it's an animal princess. companion princess. or sidekick or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> they do it in a way that's still, like, fun-spirited. And so it's not in the cynical, like, meanness of, like, a, a Shrek. But that's because that's a mu- movie fueled entirely on bitterness. But um, <laughs> that's another episode at another time. But, like... It was kind of the first time of like, hey, Disney's being a little bit more self-aware. And so that's a lot of fun. And so before we get into Frozen 2, because there's so, there's a lot to talk about, um, I just wanted to do a brief sidebar. Um, I was super lucky that I got to see Frozen on Broadway with the original cast. And so um, first off, as before really getting into that, um, Jen, did you see it or... I didn't get a chance to. I was so bummed because, like, that was a plan at some point was to go see it when Patty was still on it. Um, uh, because Patty, for fun fun fact, I run a website on the side, and Patty was a writer for me before she was in Frozen because she liked The Bachelorette and The Bachelor franchise, so she was part of our roundtables. I think she did. Megan, you were a part of some of those roundtables. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and she literally, I just had been, like, tweeted her, and she's like, yeah. I want to be part of this. And I was like, okay. Um, but my um, my pastor, who's a huge, like, di- he and his family are huge Disney fans. I don't think I have met bigger Disney fans than they are. Um, they got a chance to actually see it, but it was one of the productions Patty wasn't in. But I heard, I've heard very good things about it. And yes. I've, so I've listened was, to a little, a couple of songs. I was going to say, because I remember freaking out that Patty got cast because she's a part of her just about right family and so that just made me super happy because I'm like I tangentially know her (laughs) (laughs) anywho that um so I did get to see one that she was in and um honestly she brings like now I associate Anna more with her performance than Kristen Bell's um because she brings a lot of just like awkward adorableness to it and like there's a lot of great moments in um some of the different songs and like there are two different two of the original songs in particular that I love that just add a lot to the story of the first Frozen movie and really enhance it so I recommend listening to the like original Broadway cast album because what do you know about love is just a really fun song between Anna and Kristoff that just kind of gives a bit more development to their burgeoning relationship of just like that she's just not quite sure about him because he's like random mountain man stranger but then like he's like yeah you don't know a lot about people and you've probably (laughs) just read a lot of books about love and don't actually know about it and she's like maybe but what's what's your point books but that you kind of get to see some of that being a bit more fleshed out and then um monster is kind of this power ballad that's real good in act two so let it go is the act one finale and so act two elsa gets another ballad that's um monster where she really kind of does like a character study of like Elsa's state of that where she does feel like she's caused so much harm to everyone around her and everyone that she cares about and just kind of getting to that like low point but then deciding like nope I gotta fix this and so it's huge for her development and so the original cast was spectacular that I do like the new people that have been cast so do encourage as far as checking it 
out, but it's supposed to come here in October. Little, but <laughs> it, it's, it's I don't going, know what's like, real it's anymore. Going to tour, but who knows with the world coming to an end, what's going to happen? Yeah, so. it literally is supposed to be here from October to January, and I was so excited, and I got a ticket, and I don't know anything anymore. So Frozen Two, let's just get fully into it. That first right off the bat, just gonna do an acknowledgement of like on the front of the necessariness of a Frozen 2 it wasn't necessarily needed we didn't need more backstory or more lore and all of that but Disney needed more money and they (laughs) saw the cash cow that it was and and you know there are a few elements where you watch it and you're like yeah that's for merchandising Mm -hmm. like that's why Anna and Elsa have about four different outfits across okay. the whole movie. But I will li- say, what's his little lizard? The little lizard thing. The now little that lizard. We have? I'm like, you're solely for plushies. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. That's exa- like, and it, when yeah. that little thing came out, I was like, are you Pascal 2.0? Like, is that what I'm getting from you? Because <laughs> that's what I'm getting. But the whole thing is that, like, I will say, we all know and love that dress from Let It Go and for the rest of Frozen Two or Frozen One. But her into the unknown to the end of Frozen Two dress blows it out of the water. Her her looks in Frozen Two. Yep. There they are mm-hmm. so much better than Frozen One, and I don't, I, I I can't explain why. But like one of the first things my friend and I talked about, the one I had seen the first one with, is when we came out. I was like, first and foremost, need to talk about her dress at the end because I felt it I need it I want it it's unrealistic because you can't really make that people have been complaining because they can't recreate it but I need it it adds to the magic of it too it does and I like that there's like character development symbolism through her hair and all of that but um yeah so the plot is thin we'll just say that (sighs) (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. I okay. So, oh, so I have thoughts. We we all love Frozen Two. Like we do. Love the movie. I mean, yes. I when I I, so I went to go see Frozen Two with my sister. Oh, do you remember? I do remember seeing this, guys. (laughs) Um, And we. I remember hearing, like, I try not to listen to to a whole lot of, like, different people's opinions about specific things before I go see stuff, because I don't want it to influence my thoughts on the film. Yeah. But I had heard, like, uh, it's not as great, like, it's okay. Um, And so I went to go see it, and I remember sitting there going, I am so transfixed by this animation that I don't even care that this plot is so pointless right (laughs) like it is just it's pretty and I'm staring and it's pretty and it's like it's gorgeous and I will watch it I literally said I think after I came out of the theater yeah that plot is kind of terrible like it's just not really there they had how many years to develop this plot and it's like cool Elsa Elsa go Elsa goes and does some stuff, and then she says she's not going to abandon her sister. But wait, she abandons her sister because she has to go out on her own. This time she gets and, uh, and we have a three-minute scene recapping the first movie. I mean, okay, but I will say the the scene of Olaf recapping the first movie is a hundred percent worth it just for Sterling K. Brown's reactions, like his voice reactions to that. I, will I would say watch that. The reveal. 
I mean, it's, it's perfect. But the plot itself was just, like, so disappointing because I feel like the first one had a good kind of story beat to it. But this one was literally, like, you can tell it wasn't necessary. Frozen 2 was not necessary because of the fact that they were, like, uh, what can we rehash from Frozen 1? Okay. Um... Anna, let me, you know, Anna being like, let me in, Elsa, and Elsa being like, I can't, I must go, and then everyone kind of suffering the consequences of that. Um, right. I will say, we're going to talk about it, but I will say that it was worth it in and of itself just for the animation and for the fact that Jonathan Groff got a song. Like, right. I would have oh, literally yeah. just said, cool, I'm good, that's all I expected from it. So I kind of, I think I expected more story-wise because I am a huge, like, I'm a writer, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to story, but I I was, like, so transfixed by the prettiness that I kind of was See, like, well, I eh, feel like Frozen eh. 2 is a series of moments, and, like, there's character development and, like, some themes yeah. in, like, specific moments, but they don't all tie together for but that's, one it's, story. Yeah, it's just never really, like, hooked together in the, the good way that Frozen 1 was because you got kind of the sister arc, and the sister arc was so beautiful and, and great and well done and really unique, like we said. But then you get to, like, Frozen 2, and you're like, okay, flash forward, it's, like, a, a little bit later. What else can we do with these people? Let's put them in another situation that causes them to be separated from each other because that's like really my biggest thing is like cool so basically Elsa and Anna are going to be separate again that was their relationship is what invests me in Frozen and the fact that we spent so much time in Frozen 2 with them just being apart really kind of was like it it really that the parts where they were apart made it evident how thin the story was to me but they even like show i mean we see them walking through up until a certain point they're together and you're like yes they're gonna take this on head on together and then Mm -hmm. uh, anna or elsa's like nope gotta do this alone adios see ya (laughs) yeah exactly exactly i don't know i think that yeah i don't know but would we like not want frozen 2 to exist no we no. still want it. No, um, I still I, want it to exist. Oh but, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then I mean, it's I un- <laughs> like it- I think I understand what you're saying, and like in my mind, but like the part about grief hit me so hard. Yeah. At at that point in the movie, where I was like, I'm enjoying it, and maybe this is not hitting me as much as the first one. And when they got into grief, and then when. Uh, Anna sings the next right thing. I was like, this is, I was tears. Like I lost my dad a few years ago. And I I sort of got so much into the idea of that moment. Like, what are you going to do? But just get up and like take one step. That at that moment, I felt like the movie hit me as much or maybe even more yeah. than the first one. Yeah. And ironically, I was watching it with my sister and my mom. And we turned to each other and we were all crying at the same moment and we like held hands and we were like, we were all crying for the same reason. In a movie that was not mm-hmm. supposed to be about that or that I did not expect to be about grief or how to move on or how like uh, those bonds ended up for me being about that so much so that in a way I can't even separate it from my knowledge that the plot is a bit thin. Like, I say the plot is a bit thin, and then two seconds later, I'm like, if you dare criticize Frozen 2, I will kill you. 
I think well, that was the part that I did like that they explored, though. Like, was this idea of their powerful. parentage? Yeah, yeah, those were those were like really powerful like moments where they kind of. I wish that that had been what the whole journey was about, though. Like, I think that yeah, yeah, okay. I called it from the very beginning. Like, cool. So uh, we all know what this secret element is, don't we? It's right. pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. Like, what I else mean, is it gonna be? Once but they like, started I talking think, about the elements, I was like, oh, yeah. she's the oh, element. it's Elsa. Like, okay. but I think that I would have like if if the story would have hinged on them both coming together and finding out the stuff like you know getting to that final point of like show yourself and Anna being with her and like this idea of you know carrying your past with you and your parents and like grief and dealing with those kind of things I think I would have really enjoyed it a lot more because those were the really powerful moments I just feel like the overarching thread of like also being the fifth element and that being like the culmination no matter how much again we'll talk about it that scene is brilliant I'm just kind of like I just wish you would have tapped really but it's it's a big and concept for kids to be trying true. to right. grasp. Right. Well, although is it though? Because you see I mean, but you see things like all yeah. the all the themes in Toy Story. I mean, it's come true. on. Those and even the themes in Up, like I mean, granted I guess you could say that Pixar does those larger, mm-hmm. more adult themes better. Um, yeah. But it's it, it you can't say that it's that it might not be like what some kids don't understand because you do have those elements even in something like Wreck-It Ralph like those are bigger yeah you know I think if they were just afraid of going like this movie was super like we talked I mean we can talk about it now it's way darker than the first one to me like I remember watching it it's super dark but like I think that they were kind of you know you can tell that it was like how far do we go with this though like do we take it super far because they do have the next right thing which is very dark it's a really really dark song so they have to pull it back with you know took me out of it for a second because I was like was did I hear those lyrics correctly because like yeah, it's it's very like yeah. I mean, Kristen Bell does a fantastic job, but I will be honest and say that I do not listen to that song when I listen to the soundtrack. Like I, because it's like you have to be in the well, mood. Well, you have yeah, to be and in I'm not I'm not usually in a mood, a good headspace for it. Where I'm like, I don't really want to be hearing her like this really dark, deep song right now. Like I'm just gonna switch back over to like something peppy and like more out up, you know, upbeat or whatever. Right. But I think well, that you know in that, that case, let's since we're kind of bringing it up I I really do think like the strongest moments and the storytelling bits are kind of centric around the song so let's just get into the song so while we're we'll do it a little bit out of order so next right thing let's just get into it of oh so sad it's so sad it just breaks your heart you like like i mean yeah i'm like picturing Kristen bell like recording like you can tell there's so much emotion that is what makes me sad like that's what makes me sad is like think picturing Kristen bell like tearfully recording this because it has to have it has that like it has to have that weight to it because if it doesn't have that weight it's not going to carry it and it is the one-two punch of the scene just before of Olaf getting Thanos dusted yeah and this is the first time that Anna's well and truly alone like she's alone she doesn't have Kristoff she doesn't have Elsa she doesn't even have Olaf like she has no one with her she's well and truly alone and that's something yeah. that, that, you know, is like that would trigger someone who's trying to always be peppy and upbeat and like find yeah. the solution to things. Of course, that would trigger that kind of song, mm-hmm. you know, because if you think about it, it's just like 
Anna was dealing with like having that like void of like love and human contact and all of that and that what I kind of gathered from Frozen 2 is basically how she just kind of did of like oh me and Elsa are happy sisters now everything's fine and just that it's all completely fixed even though there's definitely still a lot of residual grief and like that because she has her sister again like back in her life again that there is a little bit of like codependency of just like depending on my cool awesome sister that has magical ice powers and just like her identity getting centric about like caring for her sister instead of standing on her own and so that's where the next right thing is just where she's just been stripped away of everything and just has to figure okay this is who I am I'm the person who carries on and does what's right which I think is what makes Anna like one of my coworkers. Anna's her favorite character and I think that's what makes Anna such a relatable character is like she is the quote-unquote normal one like she's the one who just basically all she has is herself and so she is and I think that scene is again her being stripped away of like all of her relationships and isolated from everyone but still being able to show people that like Anna still has strength even if she doesn't have powers because the power is just taking the next step and the next one and sometimes it's hard and she when that final bit of her just standing on top of like out of the cave just looking around and then being like okay like next right thing next right step um is like is power is just as valuable as having ice powers that is just as strong being able to do that means that you are just as strong as Elsa you know and I think that I liked that Anna gets those stories in both Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 and like you don't have to have powers to make you special and to make you powerful I agree like because with yeah no go ahead no you go well, uh, I, that's well, what I'm I was saying. gonna. Like, she has. To, you go. You go. <laughs> she has to just like her optimism is her power. Like her hopefulness, her eagerness. Mm-hmm. Like her, it's her personality that makes her strong, and her convictions, not like physical powers. Yeah. But yeah. This idea that she can say, "Okay, let's figure the next thing. Like, let's figure it out. We can't stay how we are. Yeah. So." What are we going to do? It's not... Her, it's like empathy and tenacity are yeah. like her power. Exactly. Yeah. What were you going to say, Lizzie? On, I'm sorry. And honestly... Yeah, I was going to say that she is the one character that kids can actually look at and take the messages that she's sending into real life. Like, you are not Elsa. You don't have Elsa's powers. And even though part of her journey, especially in, in the second movie, is relatable... Anna is in the end like I, I I've seen many kids younger girls who love Anna because she feels more real she feels more like the princess you could be yeah that's true though because she's not she doesn't have powers and she's not you know whatever she's just second in line which isn't bad but it's not, you know, the, it's not the end of the world if you're not special in the way that Elsa is. It's okay if you're not. And that's why I liked um, the story beat at the end when Elsa's like, I, I belong, like, free with my magical water horse. You're supposed <laughs> to be the leader. Like, 
I wanted as someone who used to horseback ride I was like man I want that magical water horse though (laughs) that looks so fun oh yeah it looks like yeah they they made the like I saw the like horse toys and I'm like yay Disney got the horse girls (laughs) for a new generation but that it is kind of this moment where she does kind of get her word of like yeah you're the one who's the actual leader here and yeah. can actually care about like Arendelle and its people and that you're doing what's right and that kind of righting the wrongs of like her just like having the idea of like knowing we need to destroy the dam and like repair this legacy that like from the wrongs that their grandparents did and so that it shows that she's meant to like she is that like a true leader and so that was such a cool moment yeah and i um i just uh that song's so sad i don't know how else to say it the song is so sad so transitioning so we've kind of talked about how anna developed individually but that i do like as far as in that development that she is like her own person and self-assured um, what made that so great is in tandem then her love story with Kristoff it showed a different kind of love story of just that Kristoff doesn't need to have the heroic moment to save the day he just wants to help her and that like when it's the rock monsters are like stampeding and stuff that um, he just comes in and just says what do you need and that's such a cool moment of just showing yeah. this like this partnership and that even if there's like there were misunderstandings and like freakouts earlier where he's just like my love is fragile which is like a swoon worthy line yeah and you're just like oh boy but um just that he's just there for her and that's such a great moment and it just shows you have a self-actualized heroine but then she ha- she does ha- it shows that you can be that quote unquote strong woman but that you can also have romantic love and this is how like a romantic partnership should look like as far as that you're just there for the other person and able to just like be there for what they need and all of that and so going into the other song of kind of Kristoff realizing that because he's been wanting to propose all movie and he's just unsure where she's at because she's kind of figuring stuff out he's just coming to the realization of just that he needs her and how do you best sort out your feelings 80s power ballad they're an 80s power ballad (laughs) where Jonathan Groff plays all of those he literally plays all of those parts like that's just one I was so bummed that in the first one it was like when we had Idina Menzel in Enchanted and she did not sing at all and then you had um that better be rectified in the sequel or I'm gonna be mad which then you were I was like so bummed because I was like are you serious Jonathan Groff Broadway star gets reindeer are better than people and that's it it. (laughs) fourth of a song so they were like don't worry 
they were like, don't worry, John. We're going to make it up to you in, <laughs> in Frozen 2. You can play every single part in this power ballad, and it will be a power in 80s-style power ballad with reindeer. And, and you can crush harmonize it. with yourself, and you will crush it. And he did. <laughs> and they lean into the visuals of it, too, in that scene. So that you have, like, the the heads looking in different directions of, like, the superimposed one and then, like, real focus and, like, just the color tone of it that you could tell the animators just had fun with that sequence. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was fantastic. And, like, again, like you said, you you can't do Jonathan Groff like that in the first one. No! Like, it's so upsetting. Freaking Jonathan Groff. I was like, Jonathan Groff, voice of an angel, spring awakening, Hamilton, you know, just being a generally amazing singer. Seriously. Yeah. I'm really glad and that you one, one of those for the have... team and neglected to mention that he was on Glee. I'm, I'm forgetting <laughs> that Glee. I saw a tweet today that was like, do we think Glee was supposed to be like this on purpose? I'm like, I forget Glee. Guys, I blocked that part of my life out of my memory for oh, a reason. I, I, I feel like I, it was, was a traumatic a experience that we can't bring it's back gone. out. We can't. It's like it's like we all need collective like PTSD therapy <laughs> for all of us who watched it. Confession time. <laughs> he so. was, but he was so. I mean, he was so good. But yeah, no, you can't have him and then not have him sing. So to have him have a full on song, and no, song my sister and I were like cackling in the theater watching. And it. it's just it's so sweet. That's I I like the sweetness of Kristoff too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he proves that, that you don't have to I, be like this, say, like, really masculine man. He's like, no, you can be vulnerable, and you can be, you know, romantic, and you can be sweet, and it's okay. You don't have to be like, yeah. Kristoff yeah. shuts down toxic masculinity, and I love it. But um, I still say, so the new rules for Oscars is that um, only two songs from a movie can be nominated and for the, the best song. 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 So and that I, was the wrong song. So only one song got nominated, but I still think two should have. So I think it should have it been wrong Lost song. in the Woods and Show Yourself. Mm. It was the wrong song. Oh, now I'm getting a call. Sorry, boyfriend. No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Megan and I will die on this hill. It was the wrong it song. It was the wrong song. It was the wrong song. This You can't fight so, me on this. You off, can't tell me I'm wrong. You're all wrong. Before we get into think. it, let's we can talk about the actually nominated song, Into oh, the okay. Unknown. Do we need to? That it is good. Like, it's a pump-up jam. Okay. You know? it, I mean, here's the, here's the weird thing that my sister and I, so, you know, being very meta, we were walking around Disney talking about the talking of, when we could walk around Disney, uh, we were talking about wow, Frozen 2. It's a throwback. This will age well. Um, (laughs) When we were allowed to walk around Disney, kids, at some point you were allowed to walk around Disney in crowds. Um, My sister and I were talking about the fact that, like, the songs in Frozen 2 aren't as um, let it go-y and performer. I think the words that we used were, like, they're not as karaoke kind of um, categorical, like, as Frozen 1 is. Because, like, all those songs, you're like, oh, we can do a duet to this. Oh, we can, someone can belt out Let It Go. Whereas I feel like the Frozen 2 songs are more Broadway-y, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. they're not meant to be sung yeah. at karaoke. They're meant to, like, be in, absorbed and enjoyed and listened to. And so one of the things that I had said before we started recording earlier, because I was walking by myself around the um, development that I live in, and I was listening to Into the Unknown, and um, the one thing I did notice is, like, 
dang the orchestra. Like, first of all, props to the orchestra because they never get the appreciation they so rightly deserve, especially in this movie, is like, you listen to the beats like about 240-something in, um, where there's a key change, uh, and the Aurora comes in with Idina's voice, and you listen to the orchestra in the background, and you're like, oh, this is so good. Like, ooh, this They're is like chill so and good. They're so good. Because the soundtrack... Like, you hear that, like... Yeah, it's so good. the soundtrack for this movie. They also release the instrumental tracks for the songs, and so you can kind of just listen mm-hmm. to that part. Yeah, and so it's that, good. It, it's fantastic, and so um, both the actual version and I will say so. Normally, since once we've moved past the Celine Dion, Peebo Bryson covers of Disney songs at, during the end credits, I would say for modern like twenty first century. I haven't really liked any of the pop covers of Disney songs that end up in the credits because, like, Alicia Cara's version of How Far I'll Go doesn't hold a candle to Ali'i. I love Demi Lovato, but Let It Go, like, it just isn't meant to be a pop song. It just sounded weird. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, it just doesn't work. However, Frozen 2, they basically turn into the unknown into a rock ballad and yeah. panic of the disco does it and it's awesome because it brendan yuri he leans into the dramatic flair and is just theatrical yes, enough to like be able to pull it off and so that i i definitely recommend giving that a listen but i even though i enjoy the song it just it doesn't hold up to the same level of the true star of the, the show true star show is show yourself, yourself. Yes, it is. Time. because okay. <laughs> Ugh, let me really quick okay it's time to talk about it it's <sighs> time to talk about how good it is it's time to talk about how that's the scene in the movie that like just gave me chills oh my like, god I was like, oh I've, my gosh as soon as as soon as uh you know you have the nothundra you know choir come in i'm like oh this is amazing it's so good it's so good and i was telling who was i telling i can't remember who i was telling but you know how at the end of the year everyone did that like spotify thing where it's like your most listened Mm -hmm. to songs or whatever thank god Mm -hmm. i did that before i saw this movie because if i had (laughs) done it it would have been like you've listened to uh, show yourself four million three hundred and seventy-two thousand. <laughs> like, because I listened to that song like Spotify, six times. Spotify would have, Spotify would have given you a message like, "Are you okay? We've yeah. seen you listening. To We've this seen you song. listen to this song. Is this the only thing you listen to? Like, do you know there are other songs that exist on this platform? No, I. But don't. I think that the combination of like, if Let It Go was like Frozen One's like big kind of transformation, like pop oh, everyone was. singing this at karaoke. This is the one that like really hit it home because of just the inclusion first of all again props to the orchestra beautiful beautiful song and oh, then yeah. when you have the choir come in and then all of a sudden I, I will say this transformation scene the Elsa transformation and show yourself is just like oh my gosh this is amazing that was the one scene where I told my sister I was like I would go back and watch and pay another ten dollars to watch Frozen 2 just to watch that transformation scene again and listen mm-hmm. to show yourself i'd be good and evan oh, yeah. wood has, has such a good mom. yes her her um complimenting idina oh my god it was so beautiful yeah i love that it's, she that was, one on, was really good she was on jimmy fallon promoting this and i was like why is she on this show promoting frozen 2 for what and but then i didn't realize that she was like the mom and mm. she was saying how like 
how much she loved to be a part of it and how like happy she was to be a part of it and like that song she sings in the beginning she would sing to yeah. her son like every night and then when they saw talk the movie about- her son was like why are they singing our song like i don't understand to, to a brief aside, talk about a really dark song that's like a lullaby, uh, right. but also Evan, but also Evan Rachel Wood, like just her voice is just so hauntingly beautiful mm-hmm. in that, and in when she comes back for um, also for the Show Casey Yourself. Musgraves cover of that is really good too. Oh yeah, what? oh yeah, definitely. Um, Casey Musgraves does a cover of oh. All Is Found. Yeah. Oh, I love Casey Musgraves. Oh my god, anyway, so much. Uh, show yourself is far superior to Into the Unknown, and that is a hill I am willing to die on. Absolutely, we'll die on this with you. We will wear this armor forever because together. It was like forever. when you and I did understand. There are dozens of us. Right, right. And then, like we've talked about this. I know I've talked about this a lot with Chelsea. I'm sure you've talked about this a lot with Chelsea, Jen, our friend mm-hmm. Chelsea. She, um, we all have talked about it. It's just a far superior song in so many ways and like they it is about you know like acceptance of who you are and like showing everyone like it's not just about like accepting who you are for yourself it's also mm-hmm. wearing that gaining acceptance gaining that yeah. acceptance from people and understanding like hey look like this is who I am and if you yeah this is you have to accept it too I can't be the only one who accepts it like we all yeah. have to be on the same page well, as, you know and one of and one of my favorite lyrics in that is like um once the once Evan Rachel Woods like voice comes in and she talks about like you know you hear show your you hear show yourself but then there's a line that's like grow yourself into something new like yes. and that yes. whole idea of like okay it's not just about proving to you like you know you're the one you've been waiting for like you have been here See, this whole time where, but it's also that broke me is just like you were the one you've been waiting for all your yeah, life yeah like but it's also yeah. this idea of like yeah she's if let it go was her big like let me accept my powers because I can make beautiful things and I can just shove everything off and go into you know this snow and accept that I have powers then show yourself as like I have these but they're but I've always been powerful and because I'm me and also I can continue to grow and learn and change and everyone from the and that's what I like too about the inclusion of like everyone from the past is surrounding me as I'm on this journey like and that's what's pushing me and it's like you know that 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 thing that that it always gives me the chills is the North Undra the the refrain and the chorus is like it's fantastic so and that's another um, thing important though is that like when she does have those people from the past it's like her parents never didn't ever not accept who she was yeah exactly they've just were trying to figure out who she was also had to learn to accept her her powers but also now she's like her you know her past is pushing her forward and encouraging her and it's beautiful and also just that whole that whole transformation like as soon as you like it like hits and her like outfit starts to change you're like this is amazing and beautiful and also I literally was like I think after I saw it you know maybe a minute after I saw it I was like I want it like I need to have it (laughs) and it's it's spectacular it is just real quick we will resume the discussion shortly um Um, we're about to lose I but yeah I'm about to have to duck out too because I need to make dinner before my podcast at um 7 30 so because in quarantine all we do is record podcast episodes yeah So first off, Lizzie, real quick, as far as um, any final thoughts on Frozen 2 that you wanted to um, bring to to the table? 
Yes. Um, I think in general, my like, if I have to talk about the movie, if someone asks me, they should see it. Like, I think I'm I'm mostly left with positive things, even though, like, if we think about it, there the plot is a little thin, and then there are issues. Um, I feel like the movie touched me, and I adored Christoph and that part of the storyline, and not just because Jonathan got to sing, but because I thought they developed the romance in a way that made you actually care for them as a couple. Um, and then they did Anna and Elsa really well while they did this thing about finding yourself and not only like accepting every part of you and like bringing your past into who you are, um, but I actually listened to the next right thing the most other than some things never change. It's super weird. I just have two moods. Is the next right thing if I want to cry, or some things never change if I want to be just happy. Feel happy. There are only it's two like, moods. Yes, those are my two moods. Uh, so, and like I think the, the good thing about the movie is that it has a little bit for every mood, which I'm not sure the first one had. Um, the first one didn't really have a sad song in the sense like, well, I just want to cry to a Frozen song. Which one do I put? Mm, there was no song like that. Um, and I think the second movie is a little bit. It's a little bit more mature, but it has a little bit of every emotion that you want to feel. There's something in the soundtrack for you. That's true. Very true. Mm-hmm. So definitely recommend as far as Frozen 2 is definitely worth it in that I kind of like it. Like, it's a more enjoyable watch than the first one for me, but I think part of it is just because the first movie, it was so popular that, that it does feel like played out but there is a lot of different great little moments and things to just kind of um pick from frozen true to in each different rewatch and so even i kind of found olaf very irritating in the first movie but he's actually like he has some really like josh ha- gad has some great comedy moments in frozen too. samantha oh my Which, god again, i can't i can't with that the fact that that was an improv line though i'm just kind of like nah josh gad this you're just fantastic. bless you and like bless we haven't josh even gad. gotten to talk about josh gad yet and i think josh gad is one of the best parts about the frozen franchise not just because you know he was what we all know from the first trailers, but because he is so funny, but also so, he brought brings so much heart to it, too. And, like, that's so hard to do. Like, you, you can't be as funny as he is and then also bring in as much heart warmth and, like, all this stuff to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the Some first people movie. people are worth melting he, for. Oh, my God. Everything he said in the first movie, like, I can't tell you. Okay, my friend and I, although this is not that hard to believe, um, my best friend and I are very um, enthusiastic people. Um, and you don't say. <laughs> and we emote. He's basically me, but in like male form. So imagine that this times two. So when we went and saw Frozen together, again, there were only like 10 people. And when he said, Oh, look at that. I've been impaled. Oh my God. The, like, gross laughing that we both did because we were like what what did he just say like we were laughing so hard and we were like god that was just so funny and he brought all those funny little improv moments like in the second one when he's like Anna Elsa Samantha there's no Samantha like those things are so funny 
that there's like a level of absurdist comedy to it and so um Fortunately, Lizzie had to duck out as far as um, real-life stuff came in the way. But, um, so just recommend, um, her Twitter handle is at Lizzie That, I believe. It is. I, I think that's correct. And so, recommend checking her out that um, she writes some cool stuff. And so, um, it was great having her on. And Jen, I know you have to record yeah. soon. But one last thing I wanted to discuss, because um, you have... Some people you know that actually looked into it is yeah. in Frozen 2 um, were introduced to the North Aldra, which is like yes. the native tribe that's mm-hmm. in that like that, that you region. hear in the beginning of Frozen yeah, 1, they're but you actually, don't know that you're hearing. They're actually based on real life people. Um, and so in the first one, Disney did not consult indigenous people about the North Andra. Um, but then in the second film, um, apparently, so one of my coworkers actually sat through the credits and was like, hey, I recognized that, like, I thought that was really cool because they actually, Disney contacted and said, hey, we're going to base these people off of these real life people called the Sami, which also they happen to live in about the same area, Norway, that kind of region, um, which is super cool because they too are, they're reindeer herders. Um, and so like they, Disney actually like really contacted and wanted to make sure that they got indigenous people right this time around which is really cool i think that that's a love awareness growth yeah growth they learned from their mistakes in the first one and they really did consult the people and and give them approval and sign off on certain things and that's really cool not to just build off as authenticity which is always awesome but also to just be like hey we want you to be able to see yourself in this and like we want this to be an accurate representation of who you are and not just you know who we think you are and so that's really cool I thought that that was awesome I had no idea until my coworker pointed it out to me because my work does like work with indigenous people groups all around the world and she was like hey did you notice that and I was like no I didn't but also I left before the credits because this ain't no Marvel movie um, <laughs> and, I, and now I can watch the the Olaf recap scene on Disney plus um, but yeah no so that was that to me was really really cool that they they wanted to get that right this time around so I thought that was awesome I agree. The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) And so, um, thanks again for coming on. Yeah. Uh, This was super fun. But there's definitely stuff, like, for the things you could get into. Like, if we wanted to, we could do a, like, outfit by outfit breakdown because there were some looks. But for the sake of time, that's going to be our discussion on Frozen and Frozen 2. Um, So actually, throwing that out, since we didn't get to discuss it, um, feel free to um, tweet at us at at onceuponastream, or you can same location on Instagram if you want to message or comment on our post as far as what your favorite outfit from Frozen 2 was. Um, Love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, But anywho, besides... um, just the podcast socials that um, we really appreciate your engagement um jen is there anything that you would like to plug at this time i mean hey i've got my own podcast too and uh and it's community yeah it's a community podcast community just came onto netflix too um during quarantine because we all need some quality content during quarantine so i highly recommend that you check it out and then go listen to my podcast and you can find me on twitter at at com rewatch pod uh did i put my own handle correctly 
I think I did. Yes. I did. And Yay! <laughs> this is what happens when there's like six page. different community podcasts I had to choose one. So at com rewatch pod and uh yeah, I it's fun. I just have fun. Podcasts are fun. They are. And so thank you again. <laughs> and we yeah, will, thanks. we'll be talking about uh, Megan and I will be talking about onward in our next episode, but we actually do have another episode with Jen coming up. And so yes. stay tuned for that. Um, so and we're going to get into the controversy of the whole Lizzie McGuire situation <sighs> as we talk and then talk about mm-hmm. just the fluffy fun. That is the Lizzie McGuire movie. And God so, sing it for me, um, Paolo. Since we I all wanted, since we, we all wanted our eighth grade trips to go to Rome, which exactly. never was going to happen. <laughs> since like I that was so unrealistic. Cancel, yeah, I had to cancel my trip to Italy this summer, and so that way I will live vicariously through the Lizzie McGuire movie Lizzie. when we rewatch this. And so, lastly, because this is going to come out tomorrow on Thursday, April eighth, but I don't know Friday, the days. <laughs> yeah, day or. Oh, today's Tuesday, it's so it's actually coming out on Wednesday. No, today's Tuesday. But, huh? then, <laughs> oh, that's news. Time is not a concept, but um, <laughs> we are actually doing a fun collab this Friday, and so that what day is Friday? That is the tenth, and so um, Megan's actually going to be live tweeting from our Twitter account because um, Kayla, who we had on for the Princess and the Frog episode, is organizing a live tweet in combination with um, Black Girls Create and a few other awesome outlets to do a live tweet of a goofy movie, and so that's going to be a whole lot of fun. So that's going to be Friday night at um, eight o'clock Eastern time. So make sure to um, head on Twitter, have fun with that. And so um, we'll be tweeting from our account. Um, thank you so much again for listening to Once Upon a Stream. And y'all stay safe, social distancing, wash your hands. Don't and y'all go take care. out. Don't, Don't go, go anywhere. Out. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>